Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today, I had a very interesting conversation with Anusha Batra. And Anusha was dialing in from India, which is so exciting for me. And she is just such a, an intelligent and creative and warm, interesting, super interesting person. And we had a great conversation about her method of kind of getting out the thoughts that are just rattling around in her head so much that she has so many thoughts and she's always thinking, thinking, thinking and, and very creative. She calls it turbulence in her head, which I think is so cool. <laughs> I, I can relate to that. And so her method of processing her emotions and her thoughts, and that is really around uh, for her writing. But of course, everybody has their own way of doing that. So we talked about you know, what it's like to be a writer and some of her personal stories about her father and her grandfather, which is so cool. And also some steps that we can all take to allow our emotions out, how to deal with our emotions and our creativity and not let, you know, squash it down and, and hide it inside. And just a really interesting perspective on all of that. So enjoy the episode. Hello, Anusha. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jill. Thank you for having me here. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you. Yes, it's an honor for me as well. And uh, I'm really excited that you are dialing in from India. Uh, I think you are the first person on my podcast uh, who is, well, you're not the first international, but definitely the first from India. So. <laughs> oh, wow. That's wonderful. Excited to be the first Indian on the show. Yes. Yes. It's awesome. It's awesome. And I, I really appreciate that you are a very creative person and I'm excited about that. So let's start off by talking about uh, what you do. You mentioned to me that you have things that you do to help kind of calm the chatter in your brain, in your mind, and also to help you with your, emo like process your emotions. So I would love to hear about that. Sure. So I'm a writer and uh, I think every day, consciously, subconsciously, I deal with a lot of words, right? And uh, that is why a lot of constant chatter goes on in my head. There's a lot of turbulence that is there, right? And anything and everything that happens in my life, constantly, I try to process a story out of it, right? To make sense of what is really happening. But there are times when I get overwhelmed by it. And, you know, there are so many things that you can't share with everyone. And until the time you do, it keeps on bottling up inside you, right? And I think if you do this for a long time, it suffocates you. It can do that. And that's really damaging. So I think uh, a couple of years back, I started writing. It's, it's actually been 11 years now. And I started my blog. Mm -hmm. It's called Musings. And uh, the initial thought was this, that, you know, whatever is going on inside my head, inside my heart, I just want to put it out there so that those words, those haunting emotions are out there on the paper. It's, uh, you know, not still in my head. And I think processing my emotions by writing it there, by putting it out somewhere outside of me has been a very cathartic exercise. And uh, that is something that has really uh, helped me understand my own self and process, you know, why am I like this? Why do I think like this? How can I improve myself? So that has been a great journey in self-learning. Wow. Okay. So you're a writer. That's your work, your professional work as well, right? right? Okay. So when you are writing for your work, 
you don't have that type of outlet for your personal, what's going on personally. Is that correct? I see. Okay. In fact, before I began professionally writing, uh, it my blog posts were much more frequent because, you know, whatever was going on professionally, I could just take it out, vent it on my blog or just write a post about it. But now that I've taken up full-time writing, so of course, Monday to Friday, I'm doing the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's reduced. The frequency has reduced. It's become a little erratic. But yeah, that is my go-to place whenever I feel overwhelmed and I need to really process something, take a deep breath and see what is really going on, take a halt. Wow. That's that's amazing. It's, it's brave. It's brave because um, obviously, you know... <laughs> Oftentimes we don't want to share the inner, uh, as you said, I like you said, haunting emotions. I like, I can tell you're a writer because you use these wonderful expressions, you know, <laughs> turbulence in my head and haunting emotions. <laughs> but that's, it's, it's scary to put that out there to anybody who, anybody on the internet can read it. Absolutely. In fact, um, I mean, coming from the society that I come in, uh, and I speak this for India, most of the parents over here, they're more protective about, you know, what is their kid putting out there. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be, you don't want to see them being so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think in Western society, still the thing about seeking therapy or talking to others, sharing your thoughts, it's a lot more prevalent than it is there in India. It's also happening here. But it's on a smaller scale, right? So when I started, and I think this was somewhere when I was just finishing off my high school, and I used to just put out uh, these posts about what I was going through. And a lot of times my parents objected that, objected that, hey, why are you putting this out there? I mean, if you want to talk, talk to us. Why do you want the world to know? Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is the way I operate. And uh, it's not just about talking to you, but it's about trying to understand that, you know, what is happening and how to just make sense out of the entire thing. Yeah. So I've been there. I've had those discussions with my parents. But, you know, I think the beautiful part of this journey is that I think they have also grown in this process and they've become much more accepting of the fact of the kind of things I put out and, you know, they have uh, embraced my writing much more than they began. Wow. So they read your blog, like, do they regularly read they it? Do. They do. Oh, that's nice. They do. <laughs> so <laughs> if they don't, I haunt them that please read it. At least that's my loyal fan base that I have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can just, you can do your blog post and then you don't have to talk to them about it. They'll just go, okay, that's what's going on with Anusha right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's amazing. What, what gave you the idea to do that? I don't know. It just happened. You know, I mean, uh, I am an overthinker. I think a lot. And uh, a lot of times that, uh, like I said, there are just things going on in my head and I don't know how to put it to an end. Right. So I think the first time I probably did this was, I think I was in 12th class and something would have happened. Right. And I just started writing out of it. I had that time taken up writing. I mean, one of my teachers had just, you know, asked me to process this and put it out there on the paper, whatever you are feeling. And it just happened. I think it was pretty accidental. I never planned it to be. And, uh, but yeah, I am supremely grateful that this happened to my life. Until date, I, you know, take recourse to this whenever I go through any sort of a turmoil. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just wanted to ask you a question. You mentioned earlier that uh, in Western culture, you know, therapy is kind of like 
you know, people don't necessarily want to talk about it. It's, it's private. I think that's changing. Um, like my daughter who's 20, her friends, they all talked about how they were getting therapy. It was like very open, you know, but definitely, you know, I'm 52 and, and I know like when I was in high school or college, people didn't talk about getting therapy. Did you mean to say that in India, it's also like that? Like people kind of shun it or is it more open? Yes, it's uh, people have been reserved to it. I mean, of course, there has been a lot of change that is happening. Today, I know a lot of my friends and peers who are taking therapy and benefiting immensely out of it. But still, that conversation at home that, you know, my mental health is not great and, you know, I think I need to take therapy, I need to talk to a psychologist, that conversation is still in its nascent phase. A lot of people who are even taking therapy are not openly talking. Like, um, of course, they have a confidant circle with whom they might share it. But it's not a very open conversation you would like to have with, you know, say, people like your parents or your extended family in general. There is still some sort of a stigma attached to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm glad we are moving away from it, but we are still, you know, on that journey. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. And, And I was thinking as you were talking about how you have, you know, you're an overthinker and there's so much going on in your mind and it's like, you know, all these thoughts running around, but also there's this creative side, right? It's not just, it's not just like, oh, I have a lot of thoughts and emotions. I'm trying to process them. It's also this creative outlet for you. And I think that's very interesting. I've learned that people who are highly creative often have so much creative energy that it feels like they can't turn it off. And that's kind of sounds like what you're describing, I think. Would you say that that's true or? Absolutely. In fact, now that I think about it, moments in my life when I think I was overwhelmed by a lot of emotions and I wrote something at that particular moment, I think that was not just good to help me process my emotions, but uh, as a literary piece also, the output was definitely much better. I think, so I'm more of an emotional writer, right? Whenever I do, I write it from my heart. You can't give me a topic and tell me, hey, Anusha, I want you to write a piece on environment awareness and give it to me by tomorrow. If I feel that, hey, climate change is happening, Bangalore did not was not affected by so many rains until now. And now practically 12 months of the year, it's raining. And I feel concerned. That is when I'll write. So that relation, that connection is a must when I write. And so when I am overcome with emotions, that is how the writing is also very honest and very raw. And it has definitely helped me improve my writing as well. I mean, I'm far away from where I aspire to be. But definitely from the place I started as probably an 18 or 17-year-old girl, today I am a little better than where I began. Wow. And But you also work as a writer, right? What is that, what is that like? What do you do? Yeah. So I'm working with an ed tech, educational tech startup. Okay. So it's called Relevel by Unacademy and it's basically helping youth to get jobs, to start off their career and it's a standardized recruitment test and you can take a job. So all the market, now there are two aspects to my job. One is the marketing content. So all the email marketing that happens, right? So whenever a user comes to our platform, we have to keep them engaged with our product. So a lot of email communication happens, SMSs, push notifications go out. So creating all that content i'm heading the content team over here mm-hmm. so i i have my team that is uh, 
responsible for creating the content that will go out to the users. That's one part of my job. The other is all the people who have benefited from the platform, who got a job through us, right? Fresh, uh, freshly out of college, they got their first job by cracking the re-level test. So, and since they come from very remote corners of India, right? So to understand their story, how was their life, uh, you know, in general, from where they started and where they are today. Also, I have a background in sociology. So I have my MEM in sociology. And these interactions with achievers are very interesting, not just from creating a story out of it, but being the person from the humanities background, from the discipline of sociology, just understanding where a person began, say like the son of a you know, vegetable seller, or a son of a clerk, and today he's working as a software engineer. It shows a lot of progress that, you know, he has made and his environment has helped him achieve. So those things are very interesting. Wow. Well, that sounds like a wonderful company, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> doing, doing a lot of really great work. And uh, it's nice to hear that you are able to bring in that you know, your background in sociology, but also that I'm sure you bring your creativity to, to writing about these, these people and their stories. That's, that's great that you can do that. Cause you know, sometimes you, like I know, you know, my brother's a musician for a very long, long time. He didn't work as a musician. He worked doing something else. So it can be very frustrating. Well, that's, I guess, why you started your blog, right? <laughs> yes, but now you, absolutely. you know, you're writing, for your work and you're writing in your blog, which is wonderful. Do you, do you feel like your creative outlet is full flowing and, and you're, you're good or do you even want to do more? Oh, I definitely want to do more. Wow. Uh, definitely. So this is, I think, just the beginning. Of course, these stories are something that keep me, uh, you know, really into my work and, you know, make me look forward to you know, the next day and what kind of new stories are coming in. But uh, I think there are so many more things I want to do. I love doing travel writing, mm. right? So whenever I get a break, I take my solo trips. I explore the, currently I'm exploring the southern part of India, but you know, there are so many places to explore and I think I want to do that. I want to write a book. So many things to do. Oh, that's awesome. So you want to write a book about, about what? About traveling or, or something else? Well, not really. I mean, I haven't thought about it because I think I don't have as much experience right now to say that this is a particular topic I want to write about. But there are a couple of things. I think one dedicated travel blog I would definitely like to start, especially for solo travelers. And then uh, I think a couple of years back, my cousin had started this NGO where he was helping the rescue and rehabilitation of stray animals, mm -hmm. mostly dogs. Mm -hmm. And uh, he passed away last year, mm -hmm. right? But uh, I made a promise to him that uh, I would definitely want to cover his story and how he began, uh, you know, his journey and just tell the world the wonderful thing that he did. And there are so many people like him that, you know, who tend to animals who are not their pets, but they may be injured and they are in need of help. Right. And there are so many people who would want to help, but they don't know how to. So there's this gap that exists. And I want to bridge, bridge that gap through this book. I want to write about animal rescue, you know, just kindling animal spirit amongst the world. Yeah. Wow. What does it what is it like to live with so much curiosity? I, I just it's like. It's like infectious, you know, I, because you're, you're in all these different worlds, you know, travel and rescue dogs. And then, you know, with your work, the, um, 
these stories and there's probably a hundred other things that you're interested in. That's so cool. I think that's the beauty of writing. So everything is so related. I mean, wherever you go, whatever you do, if I see a fruit bowl, there is a word association that comes in my head. If I'm talking to you, I see the pretty plants in your background. There is a word association in my head, you know. So I think that is the beauty of it, that whatever we feel, words are the perfect medium of expressing our thought, our reception of what we are seeing. And I think that makes it a very powerful tool and a great medium mm. to, you know, express the way we receive, we uh, visualize the world around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a it, it's such a wonderful gift. I mean, all I think all creativity is a wonderful gift. We I think everybody on this earth has their own creativity. It took me a long time to discover my own creativity. Part of it is this podcast, honestly. But for a long time I used to think, "Oh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative." You know, I don't I don't know how to draw. I don't know how to play an instrument. So I'm I'm not creative, but the the idea that I could be creative verbally, that came to me much later in life. <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long to figure it out, but it took me a while. And so, you know, I, I think it's it's so cool the way you're talking about how like you see the plant and then you and then these words come to mind. That is such a such a wonderful form of creativity. And the cool thing is you really don't need anything. I mean, like your phone, a you know, a notebook, your computer, and you can just, you can write anywhere, anytime. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, that's the beauty of it, right? I remember also my father was in a transferable job, right? And he had to move around. And there were times when we were moving from, say, one district to another. And this was back in the day when obviously Instagram and internet was not so much connected and stuff. Not that I'm that old, but still... Uh, but, you know, and I remember we were traveling from one city to another, which was a good uh, three and a half hours journey. And in between the two cities, I actually got the time to write a blog about the place we had visited. And I was still in school. Right. And I think when we when we had reached a couple of hours later, I just shared it with my dad. And he was like, when did you get the time? We just got here. And I was <laughs> like, on the way, I had a blast writing it. And, you know, and it was so fresh in my mind about the monasteries we had visited, the river we saw on the way and the history that was attached to it. So, you know, I just could not wait to store it, uh, you know, in my phone, in my words. And I just had to do it. So it's a great killer of time as well. You don't get to know when you move from, you know, point A to point B. Yeah, that's true. It is a good killer of time. Although I would never think of writing it to kill time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why I have these specs because I have been constantly missing. (laughs) Well, a lot of people doodle or they draw. In, to kill time. I mean, that, so I think it's a it's a similar type of outlet. Can you think of one story that's on your mind that was just so interesting or that you want to share, like something that you wrote about or that you would like to write about in, you know, in the recent time, recent year or years? Okay. So I think there are two that I, that come that come to my mind and I don't know which one is more closer to me, but I think I'll leave you to be the judge of that. Okay. Uh, one is I remember uh, an, an, a year back, I had this dream. And so I think before moving to Bangalore, I was sitting, uh, I was living in Delhi with my family and uh, my, our grand, my grandfather used to stay with me. So I was very close to him. Right. And every day, like they, my 
he was a part of my life like you know your morning to night whatever rituals you go through and everything he was just there like a part of our lives and uh, two years back we lost him now last year i got this dream and currently all my grandparents they're no more right so last year i got this dream where i saw all of them together and uh, now i have lot of interest in reading about spirituality and life after their death right and i shared this interest with my father and we've read a lot about regression therapy and how you know, that's i think topic for another discussion but that is the combined interest that i have with him and i had this dream where all my grandparents had visited uh, me and i was just amazed that how come they are together my maternal as well as my uh, you know paternal grandparents and yet everyone was just happy living together and i was so much Uh, happy about seeing them after so many years, and you know, it was just a. I can't describe it in words. The kind of experience I had seeing that dream, and I'm a person who dreams a lot and remembers all her dreams, mm-hmm. right? And uh, when I woke up, and I had this very powerful urge that you know, this was not a very, a very common dream or something. There was something special about it. So in my home, I have my like portrait of my grandfather. in the lobby and i just went there and i bowed in front of him as just to pay my obeisance you know obeisance and stuff and then i remembered and i saw the time because i had woken up in the middle of the night and this was the same night one year ago when he had passed away and somehow when i woke up i had a feeling that probably this is his way of coming and visiting me in my dream i mean i remember that since we were so attached and we were so close to him he passed on in front of us like you know he had stopped uh, eating and you know he just uh, like we could see that slow process with which he went through and this just happened in front of our eyes and it was very painful and yet since his suffering was alleviating i thought to myself at that day that you know i hope now that his suffering has ended and everything is okay and but we still have that connection we don't lose that connection and yet when i had this dream and it was the same night so he passed on at the night of 30th september 2020 and 30th september 2021 i had this dream and i was like oh my god he actually came to visit me in my dream and then i uh, wrote a blog post about it and i shared it right i mean it was a very personal post and i shared it with my sister and my sister is my biggest critic like there might be people who would be like hey you've written so it must be good right like a very uh, biased sort of an opinion but she tells me what's right and what's wrong and hey you know you can't just get away with this thing and when she said that you know this actually shows the power of your writing that you this transcends everything and anything i mean this is an experience that probably you got because through you and your words others could actually and live in you know live this experience which they might have just forgotten if had it been in their dream it was a very powerful wow. and a very touching experience wow and so that's in your blog was, uh, that's in your blog so it's called dreams from the divine Okay, so I just want to share with people who are li- listening that the blog is called Musings, and we'll put the the link in the show notes so you can, you know, you can click right on that. Yeah, this is a dream from the divine, September thirtieth, twenty twenty one. So that is a, a beautiful story, first of all, and I love your I love your writing style. It's just so it's creative. 
it's just so creative and interesting and like intriguing. So thank you for sharing that story. Um, and I think that, you know, this kind of stuff I totally relate to. And I think that um, I've never had a, a, a relative who's passed away visit me, but I believe that that, I really do believe that that happens. So it's so cool. What would you suggest to someone who has a lot of stress, let's say a lot going on in their mind, whether they're super busy, overwhelmed, or just tend to be very creative like you and lots and lots of stuff going on. Like is someone maybe thinking, well, maybe I should write more. Like maybe that would be a good outlet for me, but they're, you know, have no confidence in themselves, right? Like, oh, I don't know if I can write. What would you say to a person like that? Right. So I think first of all, it's very important, whatever be the medium, the outlet, you just need, you know, you should not keep it inside, right? Even if it's not a very refined post or anything, but just having an awareness that this is going on in my head, right? That is the first step, right? That before addressing a problem, you know, the problem exists. And I think that is the first thing is about awareness. Now, secondly, is about what do I do with these emotions, right? How do I process them? Now, of course, writing, since I've been doing it since a long time, it comes naturally to me. It will not come naturally to a lot of people who are just starting out. But I think the more they take it out, because writing based on your emotions is the most real and the most powerful form of writing that can come out. Mm -hmm. And others might not see a lot of merit in it, right? It, I mean, it will not be relatable to them because these are your emotions. But when you put it down and then you read it yourself, I think that confidence part will just go away because you will realize that, you know, this is what you felt in your heart mm -hmm. and you felt it out. Now, writing is just one medium. It could be, I have a brother, a cousin, he's autistic. He does not communicate the way we do, the way I'm doing it with you, but he paints. I have another cousin. She puts it on in her poetry, right? So these are different channels. You can paint, you can write poems, but the idea is not to bottle anything inside of you. Mm. That's the first thing. You have to put it out. Secondly, why I do stress about putting it out there is a lot of times now when there are emotions going on in our head, it's not just you know, our reaction to something, there is another party involved in it, right? I mean, it cannot be my reaction to something in isolation. At the end of the day, we are all social beings. You said something to me, I interpret it in a way and it hurt me and that is why I'm carrying this baggage, mm -hmm. right? And it is very easy for me to forgive you thinking that she might have had a reason to say it, but it is equally hard to forgive myself that why did I react like that in the first place? Mm. And I think, that is what will actually help you. The moment one is you process your emotions by putting it out there. But the thing is that you accept that, hey, the fault is whoever's, but I forgive both the parties. I forgive you. I forgive myself for letting feel this way. Right. And I think that is where the catharsis happens. That is where it becomes an evolving process. And that is how... Um, you should do it. You should not think about it's not going to be great. The idea is just to feel light. Mm -hmm. That's all. Mm, to feel light. I like that. So I love this because it's first that awareness, like you said, right? And then it's not bottling it up, but letting it out. However, what in it, whatever way that speaks to you. Like I do like to journal. So I do write a lot. For, like you said, somebody that might be dance, it might be painting, it might be poetry, whatever it is. But the point is to let it out and express those emotions, but then 
to take it another step further and say, and really, I think what you're describing to me sounds like self-acceptance, like that forgiveness and, and that acceptance, like, hey, you know, okay, so I did get angry. Okay, that happens. I'm human. And to kind of move past that and forgive and allow yourself to be imperfect. So yeah, that, oh, I love that. That's so cool. It's, we have, we have a little three-step process here that we just created. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, this, Anusha, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate your wisdom, your creativity, your intellect, a very significant uh, intellect too, which, which we haven't really talked about, but it's, it's definitely shining through in this conversation that you are a very, not only a thinker, but also a very intelligent person and, and also spiritual. So I think that's all coming together in such a beautiful way. That's very sweet of you to say. Thank you so much. And I mean, I had a lot of fun, you know, just talking to you. And I mean, this is how I am. And I just love talking to people and just discussing what do they think about it, right? So it's like bouncing your thoughts. Uh, You know, if I would bounce my ideas with my co-worker regarding a project I'm working on in office, it's bouncing the thoughts about what I'm going through with someone else who might be in a similar position. And I think that uh, it makes it a shared activity and that is what makes it a lot of fun. Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. I, I call that co-creating. Co-creating. We're co-creating. That's lovely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anusha. It was very nice. My pleasure. Thank you, Jill. Thank you for having me and more power to you and this amazing podcast that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to that episode with Anusha Batra. Wasn't that cool? Oh, yeah, that that was awesome. And then, we, of course, we stopped recording and then we started talking about all kinds of more cool things as well. And I was like, ah, I should have kept recording. <laughs> that, that does happen often enough. So, uh, yeah, it was really great to talk to Anusha. And I do highly recommend you check out her blog, which is called Musings. And the link will be in the show notes. And also, you can connect with Anusha on LinkedIn. We put her LinkedIn profile link in there as well in the show notes so you can connect with her because she's just a fascinating person, don't you think? And, you know, it's always so exciting for me to see someone so young who's just so smart and and such a fantastic thinker and and creator. Uh, it's, It's just a beautiful thing. I, I think I think that's a sign of that I'm officially in the older category when I start looking at young women and going, oh, that's so nice. She has so much, such a wonderful future ahead of her. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good stuff. So thanks so much for listening to that. And uh, please do check out our website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. And as many of you know, we help women lose weight in a way that is a very refreshing and different approach from what most people are used to. And most people are used to the dietary dogma world that's based in fear and shame and blame and guilt. And, oh, you, you know, you're, you have to get it right and you're either on or off. So we actually reject all of that. And we operate in a totally different paradigm, which is based in love, compassion, forgiveness, and acceptance. Many of the things that we talked about in the podcast today, you know, weight loss, should happen in the gray zone. That's where it flourishes best. (laughs) Like a nice garden that has a variety of 
different types of bacteria and good soil and water and sunshine. That's what uh, we uh, encourage in the weight loss process. And that is just a much more fruitful way to approach your health and your weight loss journey. So join us at winweightloss.com. Win stands for with your nature. So we encourage you to work and play with your nature on your journey toward higher wellness and weight loss. Thanks for listening.